Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. Tracy one team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk here. about my thing. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Hour number two, the Chris Gordy Show underway. Sports 1280 New Orleans. A little bit of a dark day in the Crescent City reacting to what could have been and really what should have been for the New Orleans Saints yesterday to be robbed of a second trip, only their second trip ever to a Super Bowl, to be robbed by a no call by the refs. It's absolutely um, crazy. I mean, just abhorrent. I don't. There's so many words to describe it. The social media reaction when you have national people everywhere saying, that's ridiculous. Well, people who don't even cover the Saints or care about the Saints are saying that's a terrible no call. You know that you know it's a big miss. You know it's a big miss for the NFL. And just uh, to let you guys know, apparently uh, Peter King dropped this this morning. Said as soon as the call got made by the head of officials to Sean Payton to say, "Yeah, we missed that." Uh, Peter King said he heard from a couple of acquaintances and sources about the impact of it, saying Al River Riveron. The uh, vice president of officiating will be gone. He cannot survive this. Another said the league will have to pay big to bring back either Dean Blandino or Mike Pereira. Uh, Peter King says, I think Riveron was on thin ice before Sunday. What the NFL should do if it decides to dump him is pay realistic money to get Blandino back from his cushy gig over at Fox. He's a trusted and trustworthy guy. That's what hurt even more was hearing Mike Pereira say, not two times, but I think three times during the game, yeah, that's a call that they missed there. Yeah, that's a call that should have gone the Saints' way. Yeah, that's a call they should have. I mean, it was just absurd. Anyway, join us now to talk a little bit about this and a reaction of uh, what he saw at the Superdome yesterday. It was our buddy Chris Hagan from Fox A. Chris, what's going on, man? I'm just trying to find the answers like you are, man, but I I don't know if there are any out there right now. It's crazy, Chris. I mean, you grew up um, in this area, and obviously you grew up in LSU and and a Saints fan and following these teams. I mean, that loss yesterday, I mean, somebody mentioned the, obviously the LSU blowout loss in the national championship to Alabama is still being the, 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 the loss that hurts more than anything, but this one's right up there, man. I mean, you, you, they call that play that they should have called. The Saints are going back to the Super Bowl. And in a way, I think it is one of the worst, if not the worst ever, maybe even worse than that one, because when you lose a game, I mean, you talk about the last two seasons with the Saints and the way that things ended in Minnesota last year. But when you lose a game because of that, you got beat. You got beat by the other opponent. You didn't make the play. You didn't make enough plays, et cetera. Um, and, yeah, you could argue the Saints offense could have been better yesterday. But at the end of the day, with less than two minutes to go, they found themselves in a very favorable favorable position. They completed their longest pass of the day, longest play of the day to Ted Ginn. Um, they're down there. They're ready to score. And it didn't look like things were going well after those first two plays. But then – 
you just know that's a penalty. Like, that's as sure as anything you've seen. That's like, you know, just picking up another first down. When a running back runs past the first down marker, like, you just knew that's a penalty, that's a first down. You've seen way less get penalized way more, and yet it doesn't happen. So for that to cost the Saints um, for a play that's called 100 out of 100 times not to be called for the first time ever because it's so obvious and taken away by the refs, not because you got necessarily beat, but taken by the refs, the one thing that you really shouldn't have to account for that much is insane. And that's, that's where I think, you know, it's just one of many changes needs to be made is, I mean, rest needs to be made available to the media if they're going to be, uh, if they're going to have an impact on a game that much, because you, you got to take the questions. What happened? What didn't you see? What did you see? What was the conversation? Like, why didn't you throw the fight? I mean, there has to be more accountability by the NFL here, and that's where, you know, you can even get into even deeper questions, um, you know, uh, just about the integrity of everything and why, like you mentioned, um, the vice president of officiating has to go and, and how these things are still allowed to happen. Um, it shakes the core of, you know, what you believe in as a player and as a coach to know that your hard work can be undone by something that isn't called by the official. And like, and like I said, Chris, I mean, we've seen throughout the NFL this year, more often than not, they're throwing the flag, you know, throw the flag, when in doubt, throw the flag, and yeah. then get together and discuss it. We even saw a few plays before that, you know, an offensive pass interference call. They threw the flag, they got together, discussed it, and then waved the flag off. At least throw it so you can have that discussion. How all those guys watching that play, none of them have the instinct to throw the flag just baffles me. Yeah, I mean, we've seen guys before throw flags from across the field. You could throw a if you were in the opposite end zone, on the other side of the field, you could throw a flag on that play. Throw the flag, ask questions, converse about it later. I mean, I think one thing I would have given officials credit for in some games is, um, you know, questionable fumble plays, a lateral pass, whether it's a lateral pass or not. Let the play play out. Let them return it. Let the play finish and then have it be reviewable. Um, And although a flag isn't reviewable, you can have a conversation about it like you mentioned it. So throw the flag. If you come together and decide to pick it up, okay. But for a flag not to even be thrown is insane. I mean, if they picked it up even, that would be bonkers as well. But for the flag never to even be thrown, and I've, I mean, I've tried to find every angle on this video I could, whether it's even fan video out of the stands and just see. I mean, the 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 judge behind the the ref behind the play, um, I don't think he ever even reached the flag. He immediately called it incomplete. The other guy looked like maybe assumed it for a second, but unbelievable kind of flag wasn't thrown yeah and again to me I, I even said like if he doesn't make contact and he just stands there face guarding him doesn't look back at the ball but th- puts his hands up and doesn't make contact with Tommy Lee and it falls incomplete I can live with that because he's just there in between the ball and the player and, and you know look by the letter of the law he's not playing the ball he's not looking back it could be pass interference but I can live with that but the fact that he makes the contact and just tackles him and drives him into the ground is that's to me is the most blatant of it is like, you know, any other way I could live with it, but that is, that's just blatant. Any way you look at it. Yeah. Roby Coleman admitted he was worried about getting beat for the touchdown. He was ready to take the penalty to save the touchdown, you know, get off the, or get that play out of the way and, and go back on defense, but don't give up the touchdown. That was his mentality. So clearly it was a penalty. Clearly there was contact. And again, I mean, that raises, that checks all the boxes, not only the pass interference, but helmet to helmet, but any kind of contact like that, throw that flag. It, it's unbelievable that 
it just doesn't happen. I like I said, uh, I've watched the play a hundred times, and when I think about it, you know, as, as media, unfortunately, we move on to the next thing. It's in our job, but I, I feel for the fans and I feel for the players. And you know, when you talk to the guys in the locker room after the game, and Jermon Bushrod is just, you know, trying to hold back so many emotions, but saying. It's not fair the way that, you know, everybody works and, you know, for it to be undone because of an official that's not doing their job. And Michael Thomas um, struggling to come up with the words but saying he doesn't think the officials care. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you hear so many people and, and, and you know, you see the league already moving on to the Super Bowl. And Rams, Patriots, yeah, we're excited, but <laughs> you're not thinking about the fact that a simple missed call um, is so devastating to a team and an organization and a fan base in a city, um, and that for, for all that to not be reviewed when, I mean, you can simply look up and see the replay and see how blatant it was, see how bad of a missed call it was, I think that's where Coach Payton, being on the competition committee, has to raise some real questions about what can be reviewable. Are there certain instances do you give one a game, you get a chance to challenge one penalty a game? I don't know. Uh, I think it has to be a real discussion now, though, in order to save um, some integrity here, if there's some to be saved, because that's it's a bad mark. It's a bad mark for the logo. It's a bad mark uh, for the league right now. Yeah, and that's what I said. I mean, at the end of the day, the NFL will look back on yesterday and go, we had two fantastic championship games that both went down to the wire, both went to overtime. Ratings, I'm sure, were through the roof. And now they have a high-powered you know, matchup between the Rams and the Patriots that I'm sure will get record ratings and everybody's going to watch. And you know, th- th- that's the, At the end of the day, that's all the NFL cares about is, hey, the ratings were up, everybody yeah, watched them, they were great They're also the next thing, but one team got beat and one team uh, got that game taken from them. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady do that. That's where you would respect it. And, and look, I'm not – the sensible side of me says also the Rams – Played a good game, and Jared Goff um, did a lot more than I gave him credit for. Some of the throws he made were incredible late in that game, but he shouldn't have had a chance to make some of those throws because the time should have been, you know, under 25, 30 seconds to play. And, uh, you know, the Saints should have had a lead with a lot less time for the Rams to make something happen. Uh, it's interesting. The Saints have hosted two NFC Championship games in New Orleans, and you know, the, they could both have big outcomes on rules possibly changing in the NFL. We saw last time around Brett Favre and the, the Vikings complained and they end up changing the overtime rules that, you know, if the first team gets the ball and goes and gets a field goal, that that doesn't end the game. The other team will get a chance for, for possession. And obviously that was a huge rule that changed the landscape of the NFL. And now I'm just seeing this report out, Mark Maskey of the Washington Post saying that the NFL will indeed consider making pass interference subject to review by instant replay, according to sources. So that very well could be something that that could that moment, you know, it sucks and, it, and it's terrible and we, and we all hate it, but that very well could be a game-changing play moving forward, at least for the future of the NFL, that, that they'll maybe change this. Uh, talking with Chris Hagan from Fox 8. Uh, Chris, I know you guys were at the game uh, covering everything, um, you know, from pregame leading up to the game and then postgame and everything involved with that. Uh, where did that rank up there from crowd noise? I mean, everybody I've talked to said that they've, they've never been in a stadium that was louder than it was yesterday. That first quarter, man, that I mean, that that's as loud as I've ever seen it. Yeah, it wasn't just the level of the noise. I mean, first of all, you, you couldn't, you could barely hear the music uh, that the speakers <laughs> were pumping out because the crowd was so loud. But the longevity of it, the fact that it wasn't when they broke the huddle and they got to the line of scrimmage that they were loud. I posted a video on my Instagram page. There were 
30 seconds on the play clock and you couldn't hear yourself think. And the Rams are still in the huddle. And, and I mean, they took Peyton's words to heart that, you know, make it loud from, from the time that they get in the huddle, from the time that McVay can communicate to Jared Goff in the helmet to the time that the ball is snapped and through the play. And the fans really did it. And, I mean, we're, we're in the press box looking around at each other. And I think everybody had the same look on their face and the same thought that this is just unbelievable um, that the crowd was keeping this up. And they kept it up the entire game. And I do think it did. It made a difference. I mean, there were false starts and critical times. There were times the Rams were forced to take a timeout. You saw late, if you look at the, the replay on Fox, where you know, it looked like Sean McVay said, you couldn't hear me, and Jared Goff said no. And McVay's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. So, yeah, it, it certainly had an effect. And, look, I, I, I fully believe that, that that crowd was the best chance for the Saints to win that game because, you know, they're, they're, again, the sensible side of me says, the Saints had some offensive deficiencies. They still weren't able to um, correct uh, over the last you know month of the season, and so um, the crowd certainly helped level things out for the black and gold yesterday. As hard as it is right now, Chris, I mean they're not going to change anything. I mean the, 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 it's set; they're not going to change the matchup. And uh, Mike Florio even pointed out this morning there is a rule in the bylaws that says, "Yes, yeah, you know Roger Goodell could call for you know, hey, let's replay this game from the moment of the missed call." That's not going to happen, but at least moving forward and looking ahead, um, one, you know, the big question is Drew Brees going to be back. He did say after the game yesterday he needs to talk with his family, but he does fully expect to be back and wants to be back. But the implications of Saints gave up a first-rounder for Marcus Davenport. They gave up a third-rounder for Teddy Bridgewater just to rent, basically, for this season. They're going to have limited draft picks next season on top of limited cap space. I mean, they're going to have to go and address – you know, the only tight end under contract is Josh Hill, who they just extended. Uh, there's a lot of positions that they need to fill for next season. Um, this should be an interesting offseason because Mickey Loomis and crew are going to have to get creative in any changes that they make. Yeah, I mean, they went all in on this year, and, and one of the things the Saints talked about so much, you know, leading up to the game and then after the game, unfortunately, is just how much it took and um, credit to the to the team and the coaching staff and everybody who was there last year and the people they brought in to fight back from what was a devastating ending to get right back into, you know, an even better situation this year. Um, it's rare. You know, it took them nine years just to get back to, uh, where they were in 2009 to set them up for a Super Bowl. And it's, it's not easy, despite what the Patriots do year in and year out, to get to this game. Um, you have to stay healthy. You need the breaks to get a home game. I mean, I was talking about it with my fiance earlier today just look at look back at the season and a justin tucker miss and um, some of the remarkable defensive performances a juju smith schuster fumble everything that led to wins that the saints needed um to host this game and so it's not easy and when, certainly when you look at the saints roster and and um you know whether they retain mark ingram or not and drew Brees' future and getting a tight end like you mentioned limited draft picks um the development of guys like Marcus Davenport and Traquan Smith, who had flashes, but ultimately weren't really effective when the Saints needed them to be. Yeah, there are a lot of question marks, and it's going to take a lot for the Saints to get back to this point. Just unfortunate that it went the way it did yesterday. Yeah, it's it's again, it's just going to be tough. It's going to be one of those things that will live in Saints lore forever. You know, for the longest, uh, you know, we thought of like the the what was it the. River City Relay in Jacksonville where they missed the extra point. I mean, they're, they're just these terrible moments that live on in Saints history, but none of them on a stage as big as the one that was yesterday. And, again, it, it will haunt Saints fans for many years to come. But, again, all you can do is kind of turn the other cheek, 
start to look forward and be optimistic for next season. He is Chris Hagan, Fox 8. Uh, Chris, it was awesome to see you guys, uh, the coverage you guys had on the pregame all, and postgame coverage all season long. Um, it just sucks it ends this way. But um, keep on fighting, man, and time to turn the page <laughs> on to the next thing. Yeah, we're on to uh, LSU basketball, LSU baseball, and good luck to the Pelicans. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the time, man. Always, man. All right. Uh, Chris Hagan there from Fox 8. Yeah, that's the one. Good, I mean, if you're an LSU fan, at least like there's a little optimism for the basketball team is really clicking right now, undefeated in SEC play. Um, the baseball team is number one preseason in the nation. Obviously, they got to live up to that hype, but at least there's a little something to look forward to here in 2019. The football season, arrows pointed upward. The second national signing day coming up here pretty soon. Maybe they'll get some good luck there, but. Yeah, 2019, outside of Alabama getting an ass whooped in the national championship game, there hasn't been a whole lot of positive yet to the start of 2019 if you're a Louisiana sports fan. It's Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280. Stay with us. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.